Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sportsitas presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. This regular season of the EuroLeague couldn't have ended any better with the last playoff spot in play until the last moment. Are you ready to break down everything that happened in round 34, Diogo? Hi, Andre. Yes, I'm ready for sure. Uh, this was a, a good round of basketball and I can't wait for the playoffs, man. Let's get to it. With this amazing regular season in the history books, four playoff series are decided and we will have four enticing series to follow. Olympiacos against Fenerbahce, Monaco against Maccabi, Real Madrid against Partizan and Barcelona against Zalgiris. Eight teams with the same goal being in the final four in Kaunas. Make sure you guys tune in to our next podcast coming out on Wednesday when we will be breaking down in detail each of these series and let you know what to expect from this EuroLeague postseason. Now it is time to recap all the action of the last nine games of the regular season that took us to this point. And we start in Berlin where Alba beat Aswell 88-71. The MVP of the game was Luke Sigma with 12.7 rebounds and 3 assists. Jonas Thiemann had 11 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 block, while Yusufa Fall was the best for the visitors with 14-6. Alba ends this season with a win, ranking 16 with 11 wins and 23 losses. Once again, this was a team win for them. They played with uh, energy and took advantage of their driving game, moving the ball well and ending the game with 23 assists. After shooting 3 for 15 from 3 in the first half, going to halftime with a 2-point lead, they were able to shoot 6 from 7 in the second half, building a 17-point lead by the end of the game. Alba ends this season with a negative 5.9 Nice rating, playing games at a high pace, ending with the 11 most points scores per game and allowing the second most points per game in the competition. Asvel ends the season at the bottom of the standings with 8 wins and 26 losses, with a terrible net rating of minus 11.6. They played a slow pace and physical game, ending last in points per game, offensive rating, allowing the seven most points per game, while being the third worst defensive rating of this edition of the EuroLeague. The, these are all signs of a very poor performance by Asvel during the, this EuroLeague. Diogo, what are your takes about this game and about this team's performances this season? Well, about this game, uh, I just think overall it came down to the team that had more options and more talent. And I think Halba is the, the better team between these two. They they did a good job moving the ball. They they played decent defense against Asvel. And then in the second half, like you mentioned, the three-point shooting in the second half, going six for seven, uh, that helped them pull away and ultimately guaranteeing this win. So uh, I think Alba finished the season on a high note. They, they've been playing a, a good style of basketball lately. So I think, uh, I think they can do a, a better job building the team for next season. But uh, I like the way they play. So I just hope that they can add some more talent in there. Um, as far as Asvel, I mean, they are a very limited team, especially offensively. So they really need to, to work on that as far as team building for next year. Because they have... They, I feel like they need more talent on the wings and a bit more size too. Uh, if they can add that, I, I think they, they will be able to compete. But... As far as this season, it was a pretty bad season for them. So 
uh, I think they need to, to make some moves. And we will be breaking down all of the these teams. We will have a special series once the, the season is done. Well, we will recap the, the seasons of each team. Whoever wants to learn a bit more about each of the teams, about their history and also their top players, make sure you tune in during the offseason. But uh, I absolutely agree with you. Asphalt was a level below the other teams in this edition of the, the EuroLeague. And that showed on this last game where Alba was able to, to show a good brand of basketball, an entertaining one, even if they are also themselves missing some pieces to be able to, to compete at a higher level. After this inaugural game of the round in Berlin, let's move on to Serbia, where we had a highly competitive game with uh, playoff implications. Red Star received and beated Fenerbahce by 91-89. The MVP of the game was Luca Vildoza with 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists and 2 steals, while Facundo Campazzo had 24 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists and 2 steals. Nigel Hayes-Davis was the best for Fenerbahce once again with 90 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. Red Star was ready to fight and showed that they belong in the EuroLeague, giving us flashes of what a play-in could uh, be looking like if it will be implemented in the EuroLeague. Fenerbahce needed to win to lock their playoff spot, but uh, this was just another show of why the EuroLeague is so great and uh, one of the best basketball leagues in the world. We wrote on Twitter yesterday, every game matters is more than just a match hashtag. And uh, that's why this competition is so special because teams really care about winning and really care about winning each game and keep competing for each game, even if they are already eliminated. And that's what Red Star did in this game. This was an overtime thriller with both teams playing with a very high intensity. A Campazzo two-pointer tied the game at 79 and sent it to overtime. In overtime, it was again Campazzo with five consecutive points that gave Red Star a 90-84 lead with one minute and 22 seconds to play. Fenerbahce was able to cut the lead down to one point with 14 seconds left on the clock. A Campazzo free throw sealed the, the final score with a win for the, the home team. 91-89. For the visitors, Motley was the driving force for most of the game. They ended with 18 offensive rebounds, with Motley having six of those, but uh, it wasn't enough. Fenerbahce ends the season in eighth place because they benefited by the loss of Basconia later on the day. We are about to recap that game as well. And they end in 8th place with 19 wins and 15 losses. And they head into the postseason with a plus 3.1 net rating, scoring the 4th most points per game in the competition, but having the eight worst defensive night rating in the competition and this is something that they will need to address if they want to su succeed in the, the postseason. Red Star, despite the 50% winning record, they felt short of the playoffs. What a season this was, you And what a thriller. Yeah, absolutely, man. This was... It wasn't the game of the week for me because <laughs> we're gonna get to it uh, a little <laughs> bit ahead but it was second for sure. Like This was a, a great game. Um, Fenerbahce started the game very strong with the Motley dominating the paint, but they were never able to create separation. Like Red Star was always right there with them in the game. And then a, a strong second quarter by the home team gave them the lead and the crowd got right into it. Uh, then the second half and overtime was very close overall. Uh, both teams fought until the end, but then Campazzo uh, took over the game. Uh, he forced overtime, and then in overtime, it was all about him as well. This was a very good win by Red Star. Uh, they showed that they absolutely belong in EuroLeague. 
uh, especially with Campazzo, like if they had him for the full season, I honestly believe that they would make the playoffs. Um, but still, like they they kept fighting and they won the game. So I hope to see them there next year, putting up a fight for the playoffs as well. Uh, about Fenerbahce, despite the loss, uh, Fenerbahce seems to be playing well lately. So, and I think they're going to need everything to to be able to to compete with Olympiacos in their first round. Um, but they've been playing better lately, and if they get Wilbekin back and, and the Wings keep playing like they are, uh, Nigel Ace Davis and Pierre, but especially Nigel Ace Davis because he has improved so much offensively. He he keeps scoring the ball. He had 19 in this game, so uh, I think they could cause a lot of trouble to Olympiacos. But they, I'm happy to see that they they're able to to play better on the court because they had been struggling a lot, and it seems like that win against Efes really turned them around. So uh, I'm very curious to see that matchup in the playoffs. But it, it was a very good game, for sure. This uh, EuroLeague edition has so many reasons to stay tuned for. You are you are saying that it was the second best game of the round, but was it though? No, I'm just <laughs> joking, obviously, but there were so many good games that uh, it's hard to pick which one of them and rank them because it was absolutely an amazing way to, to end the, this season. And you were mentioning Nigel Hayes-Davis having another big performance and we will be making a special regular season award episodes before the, the start of the playoffs. We will be posting it in the beginning of the, the week when the playoffs start. And uh, I wonder if he will be showing up in any of our awards. He's having an absolutely great season. He's certainly one of the most improved players in the, the EuroLeague. And he's he's a crucial piece for the success of Fenerbahce or for the Fenerbahce aspirations in the postseason. But let's continue and let's go to Greece where Olympiakos took care of business and looked Uh, deserved first place in the regular season standings by beating Pasconia 86-78. The MVP of the game and probably the MVP of the, the whole competition so far, Sashev Zenkov had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal. The team captain Kostas Papanikolaou stepped up to the moment and had 16 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 steal. While Marcus Howard ended the season in a high note with 29 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal. Olympiakos dominated the first half and went into halftime with a 12-point lead. Basconi tried to fight to, to stay in the game, but Olympiacos didn't slow down. And without being able to present a defensive challenge to, to the home team, allowing uh, Olympiacos to score 20 or more points in each quarter of the game, Basconi couldn't shorten the, the halftime lead to less than 8 points in the in the end of the game. Olympiacos was indeed the, the best team of this Aeroleague regular season and uh, deserved uh, the first place that they ended on even if as an award they will have a very enticing series against Fenerbahce but we will get to that in our next episode Olympiacos ends with a plus 12 night rating what is truly impressive the second best offensive rating and the best offensive rating in this edition of the EuroLeague an absolute powerhouse and an absolute deserving first seed Basconi ends the season with a positive 3.8 night rating ranking first in the points scored per game with uh, the fans being their Achilles heel as we many times pointed out allowing the third most points per game in the competition Diogo Ending the season with a 18 wins and 60 losses record and not making the playoffs is hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, they did everything they could to to be in the playoffs. Like, beginning of the season, I certainly did not have Basconi in the playoffs. 
and they they've proved me wrong because they were a playoff team for the whole season and then in the end um, some other teams catched up but they they played a very good season uh, I was really impressed by them the the play style that they they played uh, Darius Thompson for sure impressed me but and they were a deserving team it's just that another teams were, were able to close the season on a higher note but Pasconi absolutely had a, a very good season uh, about this game I mean it was a very good game as well. Um, Basconia fought all the way because there was a time in like mid, uh, the end of the third quarter where th they were down 17 points and they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They they kept fighting. But in the end, uh, Olympiakos was just too much for them, especially because they also needed a win to guarantee the first seed. And I think the keys to this game was the, the rebounding battle, which Olympiakos won. And then the Olympiacos' ability to defend in, in key moments, like uh, holding Basconia to under 80 points, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty hard thing to do this season. And Olympiacos did that, so we got to give credit to them. Uh, Sasha, he looked amazing again, and he probably locked the MVP award with this performance. So, but we're going to talk about that uh, later. Later, <laughs> I mean, in another episode. But... Still, I mean, great season by both of these teams. Uh, Olympiacos will have a, a tough first round against Fenerbahce. And Basconia, I mean, they just got to keep building for next season because they did a very good job this year. And with a couple more pieces and maybe a, a center and maybe a, a bigger wing, I think they can be right there competing with the top teams. They totally deserve to, to get an invite and to be back in the EuroLeague next season. And this is an extremely competitive EuroLeague where the top seed of the ACB League is out. The top two teams from um, from Italy are out. <laughs> and uh, the best uh, seeds from the Turkish Championship is eight. It's really, really an amazing season. And stay tuned because the these playoffs are very promising. And uh, like we said before, this round wasn't short on high-level games. And uh, in Tel Aviv, another overtime thriller with the home team receiving and beating Real Madrid 196. The MVP MVP of the game was Lorenzo Brown with 22 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists and 1 steal. Josh Nibo had 15 points, 11 rebounds and 1 assist, while Yabo Sele was absolutely on fire and kept Real Madrid alive in, at times in the game and ended the game with 25 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. Real was ahead 5 points at halftime, but Maccabi had... Uh, 28 points third quarter to take over the lead and headed into the fourth ahead three points. Real kept finding ways to stay in the game and in the end of the fourth quarter with one free throw from Tavares and two free throws from Deck tied the game at 86 and sent it into overtime. In a highly competitive game all the details matter and immediately after Walter Tavares fouled out we noticed his absence. That impact showed with Maccabi scoring in a drive to the basket followed by a second chance basket on an offensive rebound from Sorkin to give the home team uh, the 90-88 lead at the time. In the end, Maccabi was able to protect the best home court of the EuroLeague and finished fifth in the standings. Maccabi ends this uh, regular season with only two losses at home in front of Olympiacos and Basconi that had three losses at home each as the, the best home court in the competition. Another great basketball game and Maccabi goes into the postseason in a good momentum. What caught your eye here, Diogo? Yeah, so this was the game of the week for me. Uh, I think people would be able to to guess <laughs> that <laughs> uh, when I said that Red Star and Fenerbahce was the second. Um, 
this was awesome, man. And this was a great way for Maccabi to, to go into the playoffs. The, their confidence level right now has to be like on a top level for sure. They they made some changes for this game. They went with Wade, Wade Baldwin at the point guard position and Lorenzo at the two, relieving him from the ball handling duties and allowing him to be more of a scorer. And it worked because he had 22. But he also had six assists because this is what I like the most about these teams with two guards is that they can switch up in the game and switch up their duties. Like one can be a scorer in one quarter and then here's the point guard in another quarter. Like I really like that those dynamics. So I that's why I have been amazed at what Maccabi has been doing this year because these two guys leading them, they have been very, very good for them. So uh, I think they can have a, a great playoff run. But uh, more about this game. On a day where Maccabi struggled shooting the ball and Real had a, a great shooting game from three, uh, Maccabi decided to put some more size on the floor. And at times they went with lineups with Gerald Martin at three, with Sorkin and Nebo. And even though those lineups struggled offensively, they were, they were able to dominate the rebounding battle against probably the biggest team in EuroLeague in Real Madrid. So that was a, I can say that was a pretty good decision, even though in the beginning it just looked kind of weird, but they were able to, to guarantee those boards. And I think that helped them a lot winning this game. And then on Real side, I mean, like you mentioned, Yabuzeli was amazing. Musa played a very good first half, shooting the ball especially. But it just wasn't enough to, to go on the road and to beat Maccabi. But, man, this was a, a very good game. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to watch Maccabi versus Monet. And we almost had this Real-Maccabi uh, playoff series. It would have been also a high-level playoff series for sure. And it was interesting to see the difference of styles. And um, you could tell that Maccabi had that concern since the pre-game interviews of their coach the pointing out... Uh, Real size. Uh, Real had lineups with, uh, or is able to have lineups on the floor with Musa, uh, Mario Zodia, Yabusele, Walter Tavares. It's uh, a lot of size everywhere. Maccabi was able to counter that and to perform at a high level to 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 get this win. And they got more good news with Poitras being able to to join the team for the playoffs. They will try to give him as much run as possible on their domestic competitions, and they are hopeful that he will be able to contribute for them in the playoffs. So Maccabi be certainly a team to watch in this postseason and they have legit final four aspirations this was another great performance for for Maccabi they have indeed the best home court of the the competition let's move on to the Italian derby we had another very good a very good game it uh, didn't disappoint us and Virtus swept the series against uh, the Italian rivals Milano with an 89-84 win. Daniel Hackett had a, a very good night, finishing the game as the MVP with 25 points, 2 rebounds, 10 assists and 1 steal. Toko Shegelia had 15 points, 2 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals and 1 block, while Voitman was the best for Milano with 90 points, 6 rebounds and 1 assist. Milano scored 47 first half points, heading into halftime up 8, but Virtus 
Virtus was able to answer with a 50-point second half to secure this five-point win. Despite beating Milano twice this season, Virtus ends one win below them in the standings, finishing in 14 with a record of 14 wins and 20 losses. Milano ends the season in 12 with a record of 15 wins and 19 losses, four wins below the playoff spots. What balance do you make of this game and of the this team's season, Diogo? Well, about this game, uh, Milano started the game um, winning and they, they won practically the, the entire first half. But then without Napier, they, they weren't able to manage that lead. And an inspired Daniel Eckett, he, he turned the game around for Virtus. I mean, he went crazy with 25 points and 10 assists, like you mentioned. And then Virtus took advantage of being at home and they play hard. They forced turnovers and that allowed them to get back in the game and ultimately turn it around and get the win. But this was all about Daniel Eckett. I mean, I haven't, I hadn't seen a, a performance like this from him in a while, so I was very happy to see it. But these, these are just two teams that I think I'm not going to say they had similar seasons, but I guess you can make that argument. Uh, Milano was really about adding that one guy that could just turn their offense around, and it was Napier. And then for Virza, I think they dealt with some injuries throughout the year. Uh, Shangela was out, then Miloš was out. I mean, they had some interest to very important players, and I think that's what kept them from competing at a higher level. But uh, these are two teams that can, uh, I think, absolutely can have uh, a playoff contention type level season for next year. And uh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, if Milano can keep this same roster, at least the, the core of guys, I think they, they will be in the playoffs because Napier is that much of a game changer. And for Virtus, I mean, I think they they need to add some younger guys, some athletic pieces, because I think that's the only thing that's lacking on that team. So we'll see how they do. But I think it could be a, a positive experience for Virtus getting back to EuroLeague. And they, they were close to being in the playoffs. So uh, this this got to be a, an inspiring season for, for them to compete next year, for sure. Yeah, both franchises will be back next season. They have um, shown signs of being willing to invest and to be competitive teams. So we expect more from them next season and we expect especially Milano to be able to keep building on what they did after adding Napier that, as you said, really unlocked their game and especially their offense on the, the second part of the season, making them the, the hottest team in the competition at a certain point. When the end of the game, we got the news that the TLC won't continue with the team. His contract was ending when the Euroleague season was ending. He's now a free agency and he will join the list of high-level free agents that can help an Euroleague team next season. Let's see where, where he ends up. But let's go to Turkey, to a game that uh, at some point we expected it could be a preview of a playoff matchup and it could be a decisive game in the fight for seeding. But it was something else. This uh, was FS last game in this edition of the, the competition against a Monarch locked in the, into the fourth seed. The former champions FS were able to end the season in a good note by beating Monaco 87-72. MVP of the game was Tiber Plyce with 21 points, 12 rebounds and 1 steal, while, while Shen Larkin had 11 points, 2 rebounds, 6 assists and 1 steal. Makundu had 
16 and 8 won still in two blocks and was the best for Monaco. FS kept uh, taking advantage of the mismatches that they had on the post and that was the key for them to lock this win. Plies ended the game with uh, 21 points shooting 10 of 15 and Zizic with 11 points shooting 5 of 6. Monaco just didn't have any solutions to stop them. That was too big of an advantage for FS that was able to be consistent defensively to get this win in front of their home crowd. Both teams had terrible night from three, from the three-point line with FS going 7 of 22 and Monaco 3 of 23. We saw an emotional and apologetic coach Ataman in the end of the game apologizing to the team and the fans while taking responsibility for the team failures this season after a terrific run by FS with back-to-back EuroLeague titles. FS ends the, the season in 11 tied with Red Star with 17 wins and 17 losses and 2 wins below the 8th the place. If we look into the numbers of these two teams it is easy to note that FS kept falling short over and over again and in the end it was just too much to be able to, to make it. Monaco ends the regular season with a positive 1.9 net rating while FS has a positive 3.2 net rating, ranking 3rd in the offensive rating but uh, having the 5th worst the defensive rating in the competition. The lack of consistency during the season and the ability to find options that would bring them that consistency was in the end their downfall. Monaco ends the season with two consecutive losses and will need to step up heading into the postseason where they will have a very big challenge against Maccabi. But uh, let's leave that analysis analysis for our next podcast. Duke, take the floor and break down this FS last win in this edition of the the EuroLeague. Well, in this game, uh, considering that Monaco already had the, the fourth seed locked, they, they used this one to, to give some run to younger guys that didn't get much playing time, like um, Strazel and Makundu. And they did quite a good job. I mean, obviously, it wasn't enough to, to compete with Efes. And like you mentioned, the mismatches, uh, Plyce dominated this game with his size, having 21 and 12 rebounds. And the rest of the guys were just consistent. Um, you had Message played a good game with 12, 6, and 6, Elijah Bryant with 12, uh, Shane with 11 and 6. Like everybody contributed a, a little bit, and I think that was the, the difference in this game. Uh, Monaco didn't have Jordan Lloyd, Moneke was hurt. So, uh, this was a game where Monaco was kind of chilling because the, the fourth seed was already a lock. So, it's still a good win for FS because. They, they're able to finish the season on a on a win and on a high note, but it's just a disappointing season, like like we've been saying. For Monaco, uh, I think they could have used this game to to maybe get some confidence for the playoffs because they have been struggling shooting the ball, especially, and I think they they needed to work on that. But they decided to to give the young guys some some run, and I, I can't be mad at that. But uh, I hope that they, they are able to turn around the, their shooting for for the first round matchup against Maccabi because I really think they're going to need it. But it's going to be a hell of a matchup and I can't wait for it. Strazel had a very good game and uh, he was leading Monaco second unit. Uh, he scored, ended the game with 14 points and was able to, to keep Monaco in the game at uh, times, having interesting duel with Plies in moments of the game, especially on the, on the second quarter. And he's giving some good indications for him as a player moving forward. But let's return to Serbia, where Partizan beat at Olympiacos in a highly competitive game, with the home team getting the win 80 81. MVP of the game was Dante Exum with uh, 
18 points, one rebound, four assists and four steals. Avramovic had a very good, another very good game for the, the home team with 14 points, three rebounds, three assists and two steals. While Gudiaitis was the bias for Paratinaikos with 11, 18, 3. Paratinaikos came ready to fight and uh, looking to end the season in the best possible way. They showed again that in EuroLeague, every game do matter. Paratinaikos' intensity was the key against uh, a partisan that seemed not to be expecting uh, Paratinakus who came into this game playing at this level and wanting this win so much. Uh, for most of the game, Partizan struggled to, to match uh, Paratinakus' level of play. And with 7 minutes and 55 seconds left, the visitors had an 11-point win. With a 12-0 run, Partizan was able to show up and uh, they got themselves a, a one-point lead. In the last five minutes and five seconds of the game, we saw nine lead changes with Partizan climbing the win and the sixth place with a three-pointer from Nunale. We also had the news that Paratinaikos had a penalty of two wins heading into this last round uh, due to financial fair play violations and uh, they end the season in 17 places with uh, nine wins and 23 losses. Partizan heads into the postseason in sixth place with... Uh, a 20 wins and 14 losses record after starting the season with uh, three wins and nine losses record in this that was a truly impressive season for for them this was a good hard fought game wasn't it you yeah absolutely man uh, it's a very good win for partisan uh, locking the sixth seed and i think they should feel pretty good about going against real especially what after what they did to him to them a couple of weeks ago uh, but in this game even though they struggled to beat panathinaikos they, they still got it done and they showed some resilience because Panathinaikos was up for most of this game and I think Partizan did a very good job in staying in it and then getting the, getting the win. I think they're going to need the, that resilience ahead. So I think it was a, a very good win for them and they were able to force turnovers in key moments and close out the deal. Uh, Dante Exxon and Kevin Ponder, they, they keep performing at such a high level. And I'm pretty sure they are ready to lead these guys in the playoffs. It's just a, an amazing season for Partizan. And we'll see uh, if they are able to, to cap that off with a good playoff run. Uh, hopefully they can. So we'll see. But it was a very good win for them. I, I like that Panathinaikos uh, came to this game wanting to win and being competitive. But... Partizan did a very good job at, at not allowing that. So it was a very good game. It's always good to see the youngest team in the competition performing at this level and the future does look bright for them. Let's see how they perform on this postseason and how far they can they can go. But I think they will only be building on what they are doing right now and looking forward for them in this postseason and also on the next season. They have shown that they are one of the most entertaining teams to watch in the EuroLeague. In Barcelona, the home team was able to lock the second spot with a 85-71 win over Valencia. The MVP of this game in his 500th game for Barcelona was Alex Albrinis with 15 points, 3 rebounds and 6 assists. Jan Vesely had 13 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 block. While Victor Claver was the best for Valencia with 6 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist and 2 steals. After a high-scoring first half with Barcelona going into halftime ahead 51-46, the key for the second half was their ability to stay up defensively, allowing only 25 points to Valencia in the entire second half. Barcelona ends the regular season tied with Real Madrid with 23 wins and 11 losses, but they have the tiebreaker against the Spanish rival. Despite Real Madrid having won 
by more points. One of the games went to overtime, so it doesn't count for the point differential. That's why Barcelona gets this tiebreaker and gets the, the second place in this regular season of the EuroLeague. Valencia had a good EuroLeague season, despite not being always consistent. They finished in 13th place with uh, 15 wins and 19 losses. Uh, what do you make of this game, Dio? Uh, I think this was a... L listen, this is the Barcelona team that we expect to see on a regular basis, at least for me. Because uh, aside from the turnovers, which is really a bit uncharacteristic for them, uh, I think they played a, a very good game. Uh, if you look at the shooting, they, they did a great job shooting the ball from three with 13 of, of 29. So that's pretty good. They, they moved the ball. They had 24 assists. They dominated the boards. I mean, this was what I expect from Barcelona every game. So... It's good that they did this right before the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if they can get some momentum and some confidence to play like this and to be consistent throughout the playoffs. Because if they do this, uh, I think they are a legit Final Four team and I think they can win. Um, the problem is that we haven't seen them do this on a regular basis, but uh, I'm glad they did it on this game. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do in the playoffs. But I really think they played a very good game. I just hope that they can keep it. Uh, for Valencia, um, their best uh, attribute, their best characteristic is the three-point shooting, and they struggle. They, they shot 30%. Uh, so I think this was the, the key as far as them not being able to, to compete in this game. Uh, and also the, the rebounds, because Barcelona had 43 rebounds and Valencia had 23. So that level of discrepancy can't be had if you want to compete against a top team like Barcelona. But I think on Barcelona's side, I really think this was a great game. And I think this is the the blueprint for them to go into the playoffs. So we'll see if they are able to, to keep this up. I absolutely agree with you. And let's see if they are able to build up on this consistent performance against Valencia and continue to do that in the postseason, where they will have theoretically the easiest path into the final four. But let's see if that's a easy path really comes to fruition and let's move on to the team that they, they will be facing on the playoffs and heading into this game, Zalgiris needed a win to qualify and if they lost, Basconi will qualify and this is Zero League emotion until the, the very last moment because Bayern wasn't coming into this game to lose, they were coming to win and they couldn't care less about Zalgiri's aspirations. This Zero League regular season was probably the best I have memory of and it couldn't have ended in a better way than it did with the emotions running high in Munich where the home team put up a hell of a fight against the Zalgiris that needed this win to clinch the, the last playoff spot. In the end the team from Kaunas achieved that with an 80-83 win on the road. Their sixth road win of the season and it came in the in the moment that they needed it the most. The MVP of the game was Lucas Lacavicius with 21-2 and, and stepping up when the team needed him with uh, Taylor going to the bench with uh, an injury that doesn't seem to be too serious hopefully Roland Schmitz had a very good performance with 16-4 and 1 block while Ops was the best for the home team with 12-1-1 and 1 steal Bayern was ahead at halftime 38-34 Zalgiris answered in the way that they needed dominating the third quarter and building a 4 point lead head heading into the fourth but if at halftime we had a score of 38-34 wait until this fourth quarter 
where the quarter by itself almost matched the, the score at halftime. In the last quarter, we had a 33-32 score with Zalgiris locking down their playoff spots and ending the regular season in seventh place. Yaramaz and Lekavicius exchanged baskets late in the game with uh, Bayer not allowing Zalgiris to run away and keep fighting for, for this game until the last moment. In the end, Zalgiris was able to secure this win. We saw Zalgiris once again switching a lot and using making the most of their small ball length to, to be able to cause trouble to Bayern. Bayern's solution was to go into ISO uh, with Cassius Winston and Walden attacking uh, mismatches. Zalgiris was able to hold on and to, to get this very important win. And what a game and what a way, a way to win this regular season, wasn't it, Jürg? Yeah, man. This was the game everyone was waiting for. Uh, Zalgiris went to Germany with one mission only, and that was to win the game. It, it didn't matter how. It could be an ugly win, a, a blowout. It didn't matter. They, they just had to do it, and they did it. The, this the, To me, this looked like a playoff game. Like It was physical. The crowd was into it. Uh, shout out Zalgiris fans. I mean... I usually speak so highly of them on the home games, but they were out there. So shout out to them because without them, Zalgiris probably doesn't win that game. And it was awesome to see, man, especially that fourth quarter. That was crazy. Uh, Zalgiris was able to control the game in order to close it out. And like you mentioned, Lake Avicius had such a great game, 20 points in the most important game of the season. So shout out to him. But this was overall, this was a great job by Zalgiris. Their small ball lineup has been working very well especially offensively, and I, I hope they can put up a fight against Barcelona, man, because they, they deserve it, their fans deserve it. They, they had an amazing season, and great job by them going to Germany and winning this game, which was not easy because Trincheri, he always has his team ready to play. They are always physical, and they put up a fight against anybody. So this could, be a, could have been a very tricky game, and Zagris still kept their focus, and they won the game. So... Really great job by them and a great season. Absolutely. Two notes. One is like, this looked like a playoff game and one of the teams wasn't even in the playoff hunt at the moment. So that speaks once again highly to the level of EuroLeague and how competitive it is. The second one is if you wonder how this uh, small ball lineup of Zalgiris will match Barcelona, you make sure to tune in Wednesday when we will be breaking down every single of these playoff matchups and we will let you know what you should expect from the postseason of the EuroLeague. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is André and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.